1: Welcome to Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, only on the home of Notre Dame football, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, and WSBTRadio.com. Brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire, Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger, Pet Refuge, Centier Bank, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, Michelob Truck, OSMC, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, and Hotel Elkhart.
2: All right, it's time to have some good time. Hello fighting Irish fans. We're indeed live at the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show here in the center of Eddie Commons right across from Five Guys. Might be burger time again tonight, Jim.
1: We've got we've got two burger places basically surrounding us. That's that's and, and never the, good. Of course the wind is blowing around, so I'm just getting
2: hungry just standing here just uh, getting a little colder getting a little cooler with the wind yes and getting hungrier i'm with so, you i'm with you I, <laughs> may, I may get more
1: irritable as the uh, afternoon goes on who knows
2: oh <laughs> i'll tame you down if need okay. be all right all right game day <laughs> celebrating its 50th season game day the only interview-based notre dame pre-game show as you tailgate or spend time at home or in the car we thank you for listening you are what's kept game day on for the last 50 years today you're fighting irish take on the cardinals of stanford Although the Irish are about a half point favorite, past games dictate a closer score. We will all see that together. On the show today, together with us, are all, all Americans, Chris Zorich, Reggie Brooks, and Mike Townsend. And as live radio as such, you never know who's going to stop by. I'm Tim Growl with Jim Irizarry, and we are getting pumped, and there's people everywhere. They've probably been partying since 9 a.m.
1: Probably, yeah. <laughs> they were probably oh, wait, it's a night game. Well, start the party anyway. That's right. Come on. That's right. <laughs> so.
2: And just a little preview next Saturday is another night game. We will be in Eddie Commons, but at a different location. Actually, we will no. be at
1: No, afternoon kick. Afternoon kick. Next week, yeah against UNLV. Oh, you're right. My yeah. bad. My bad. Thank you. See, it's you're, already affected me. You're, you're thinking ahead to Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. Right.
2: We're going to be inside when it's going to be a 60-degree day. Exactly. Yeah. At Credit Union 1. Credit Union 1's brand opening of their brand-new store branch just down south from us, right behind Trader Joe's. Everybody knows where Trader Joe's is. Side boat. I've never been into Trader Joe's, but everybody tells me about Trader Joe's.
1: I, uh, I highly recommend the uh, the. Uh, the caramelized onion dip.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm a dip that, guy, so I'll take that.
1: That's good stuff. I'll look for that. Even, even like the, uh, the, uh, like the vegan version of it. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Chef's kiss.
2: So we'll be on from nine to eleven uh-huh. a.m. and we encourage people to come down there because Mike Golick Senior. will be there yeah. doing autographs and pictures with the fans, and there'll be while they last 500 T-shirts will be given away to any fan that comes down to. Credit Union 1 behind Trader Trader Joe's next Saturday during the Game Day Show from 9 to 11. All right, so that's next little, week. A
1: little insider secret. That's right. All right, let me uh, let me let me ask. Let me get a little inside baseball. Real okay. Quick. Is it because we're indoors that we got Golic? <laughs> well, that's
2: a good question. You know, this is senior, not junior. So, uh, you know, we were you and I were just talking earlier. It is a little chilly out here, but we're out here braving it. If we could have flip-flopped and had this next week, get oh, yeah. inside because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be in the 60s next Saturday. But yeah. who cares? We worked in worse weather. Yeah. You know what? The oh, sun's yeah. shining, yeah. people are having fun. When I was driving in, you know, an hour and a half ago or whatever, all the traffic was already in place, mm-hmm. and they don't usually change the traffic patterns until about four hours before game time. But there's going to be a lot of people that are already here. Yeah. If you haven't been down to Eddy Street Commons before. You're missing a great thing. Every time I come down here, I feel I'm in a different city. It's like its own little thing. I'm looking at Chipotle. I'm looking at uh, Five Guys. The other day I was down here, I had Blaze Pizza. Mm-hmm. We got the Brew Burger uh, right next door. We got a, a Rourke's, which has fantastic appetizers and, and good Irish food. And we got the Notre Dame bookstore, which nobody can forget about. You don't have to go down in the middle of the campus. You can deal with They have everything right here. In Eddie Street Commons,
1: yeah, it's great, great little complex. Come, you know, and they've added on too with the uh, with the uh, more south part of Eddie Street Commons. It's a beautiful little neighborhood we got here.
2: It is, and I'm you know I'm born and raised here in South Bend, and this is just blows my mind every time I come down here, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's just nothing near what it used yeah. to be years ago and stuff. But uh, they're inspired, Kite Realty. We thank them and uh, tegan for letting us come out here and setting up. And once again, we're across from the five guys, right in the center of the original Eddie Commons. Now it's not really the center because it's moved since it built so much, like you said, right? south of us. But easy to find and uh, come on by. The guests will be here shortly and get some pictures and get some autographs. Let's talk a little bit about uh, today's uh, game. A 16.5 point favorite. And what I said in the opening, um, past seasons and games we've had, Take 2012 as an example. Decided at the goal line, goal line stand by uh, Notre Dame with Mike Golick Jr. Mm-hmm. and stuff on there. Um, kind of belies that that sixteen and a half point might stand up. So what do you think? I know you were talking to the uh, a reporter, I think from uh, uh,
1: CardinalSportsReport.com. There you go. Yes. there you go. Part of, the, part of the Rivals Network. So
2: let's talk about a couple of things he left you with when he was comparing the teams. What did he have to say?
1: Well. Obviously, both teams are, you know, kind of going in opposite directions. You've got Notre Dame, you know, after going 0-2, starting that way, you know, have kind of figured things out a little bit and starting to get more into their groove, starting to get more into their game. Uh, Drew Pine's getting more comfortable uh, in the uh, in the pocket every sure week. Uh, heck, as every quarter goes on, you, you, you see the improvement even. Right. Uh, but Stanford, uh, defensively, uh, you know, not really there they you know they really don't have much of a of a defensive line even
2: which is unusual for a yeah. david shaw team yeah
1: and also as far as the offense goes tanner mckee's a good quarterback yes he's a very good quarterback i watched the game last week against oregon state the one that uh, that stanford wound up losing in the last second and, and they shouldn't have <laughs> they should they really shouldn't <laughs> have uh but uh yeah tanner mckee was was great in that game but uh they don't have a marquee running back, E.J. Smith, who was supposed to be that guy, Emmett Smith's son, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, <coughs> he was supposed to be the marquee back. He got hurt early in the season. He's out for the season, so that completely threw a, a, a complete wrench into the into the offensive game plan. Sure. So <coughs> that got that got screwy. And then there's also the recruiting aspect. You know, I mean, every day around here, anyway, we're hearing about how you know. This four-star recruit is coming in, and this five-star recruit is coming in. They don't have that going on at Stanford. And like, it used to be that way. Sometimes it, it really did because yeah. of our
2: ac- similar academic standards. We were both going after the same players a lot yeah. of times. Yeah,
1: a lot of times we were. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of dried up a little bit. Like it's just been like I don't I, like they didn't know. You know, Ben didn't know if it was uh, you know just the fact that. You know, USC, UCLA, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, all the sexier options, I guess, out in the Pac-12. But, uh, yeah, recruiting, you know, definitely needs to be picked up. Um, And then, you know, coaching-wise. Right. uh, You know, David Shaw's a great coach.
2: He's had multiple opportunities to go to the NFL, and he decided to stay at Stanford. Yeah.
1: 94-49 and for a record. You don't get that by being a terrible coach. Mm -hmm. Now, granted – He had a great table set for him when Harbaugh left. Sure did. But at the same time, it's been some time since Harbaugh left for the NFL. Right. So he was able to implement his own system in there, and it had success. Had a lot of success. And that, for some, whether it's just, I don't know, like we don't know if it's coach, you know, like head coaching, or if it's (coughs) some of the assistants need to go. Some something needs to happen. Between now and the end of the season for Stanford, to you know, kind of solidify David Shaw still being there next year, like the heat's got the, the seats getting a little hotter. And this is from
2: a Stanford guy that covers them all the time, telling yeah. them that that's how they feel out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right, uh, like even even at like if they get to four wins this year, David Shaw probably keeps his job. Uh, may have to change some of the assistants. Mm-hmm. May have to go out and get some new assistant coaches. Right. You know, help. Uh, help that out, get a different game scheme from them.
2: Kind of like Brian Kelly did after 2016.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, but if this turns into, you know, a one or two win season, then a lot more changes are coming.
2: Right, right. It is hard to believe because uh, what started with Christian McCaffrey, one of his, yeah. he was sending people to the NFL every year. Yeah, he Stanford was. was. And mm-hmm. then just, right, you just say, how does that just all of a sudden just dry up like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You know? so. Not that southern cal and ucla uh, until southern cal got this new coach from oklahoma yeah. and he brought about half the team with him right. i mean yeah. they, you know, those teams were doing uh very well recruiting so i'm not sure where all the recruits were, yeah. were going so what what is uh, and this is the legacy Air game day show we're uh, live from the center of uh eddie street commons right across from five guys if you're out and about stop over say hi Um, Our guests will arrive shortly. This is what Live Radio is all about. They're tied up at a reunion right at the moment. So as soon as they get (laughs) here, we'll we'll be putting them right on. Um, So what was his feeling about Stanford's place in the future for the Pac-12? I want to say Pac-10, but Pac-12. Right,
1: right, right. Uh, The Pac-12, you know, they don't really even know if UCLA is going. Because the way that that went down, apparently the athletic director just Kind of signed off on it. And, and the Board did, of Directors have to approve exactly, it, right? Exactly. The Board okay. of Regents have to approve okay. that. So he didn't do anything as far as just getting permission. He just went ahead and did it and maybe was living by the, you know, asking for forgiveness is easier mm-hmm. or something. I don't know what, right. the heck he, what the heck he was thinking. But USC is definitely out of there. So obviously they're probably going to extend an invitation to a school like San Diego State, get that uh, Southern California. Sure uh Makes market sense. back mm-hmm. uh you know team that's had a relative uh, amount of success as well both football and basketball mm-hmm. so uh you know extend an invitation to them and then uh you know see where ucla is at, at, at this point uh Could i know that they're working on you know trying to figure out media rights and all that right. stuff that has a big Could thing to do boise with it state too. be one of them uh Are Boise they State could be BYU Utah mm-hmm. you know Utah's already there right. in, in the Pac-12 so you know maybe you know but then again you know BYU just moved into a new conference right or they're is moving into a new moved conference the yeah
2: formerly the Big 12 right Right. exactly okay. with, so, C- with Cincinnati
1: right yeah. they're they're part of the Big 12 so you know all the legal wranglings that would come with that you know would take how long you know mm-hmm. uh but really, Stanford kind of sees itself outside of, you know, outside of like the way football has been the last few years and the way basketball has been the last few years. Every other one of their athletic programs has been a huge success. Correct. So Stanford kind of looks at itself as probably the most important school in the Pac-12 and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Stanford's going to go anywhere unless something just catacly- everything cataclysmic explodes. has, right, has right. to happen for that to right. happen. Uh, but, um...
2: Nordane decides to go to the Big Ten in three years from now or something like that. Something and like that, And then yeah. all, every, all the little dominoes fall.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, as, as far as, as far as, uh, Stanford, you know, staying in the Pac-12, that's pretty much a given. Um, yeah, you know, it, like, the Pac-12 could, you know, it may not be as, as, as powerful as it once was, uh, due to, you know, USC leaving and possibly UCLA leaving as well. All that, so... Who knows? But, uh, you know, he thinks that they seem to think that the Pac-12 is going to at least survive this. Uh, every Everything that's going on as far as uh, expansion goes and uh, and realignment and everything that, that goes along with uh, with everything that's going on.
2: So. Well, it was an interesting conversation you had. And that's the Thank Leprechaun you. Luncheon yep. every Friday at uh, 12, uh, 12 noon, right? Yep, 12 I knew. noon every Friday. I knew. Hey, one of our guests showed up. We're going to make an audible right now. Matt, we're going to go to a break so we can devote the next segment to all to uh, All-American Mike Townsend. We'll be right back on the Legacy Heating, Air Game Day Show.
0: Yo, I told you, you can't touch this. <laughs> Why you
2: standing there, man? You can't touch <laughs> this. Yo, sound the uh, Our next guest is doing a little MC <laughs> Hammer right here for us. You were dancing. You know? too. Oh, yeah. My, sure I, I, was. I was doing dancing. This <laughs> was dancing.
3: We're dancing. No, that was you, Tim. This is,
2: this is, we're back at the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show. We're right in the center of Eddy Street Commons, right across from Five Guys. Jim, what do we got you got for us?
1: Uh, we've got Legacy Heating and Air, of course, uh, being uh, responsible for these here proceedings today. All of Tim's dancing and, uh, and Mike's <laughs> dancing as well. Uh, Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Sentier Bank, uh, Indiana's pr- uh, largest private family-owned bank. And South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949.
2: Thank you. Our, our next guest, and we were just talking before we went on the air, so... You know this show has been on the air for fifty years. Right. Nineteen seventy two and you were in college at yes. that seventy <laughs> time. What were you doing in nineteen seventy two, Mike <laughs> Townsend?
1: Oh, Tim, you would act <laughs> well <laughs> putting him on the spot Tim, here. I, I know. know. Statute of limitation. He'll, ne- he'll never uh, come back. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I was moving into my junior year. And uh, things were wide open as far as with Coach season and the players on the team. We didn't know what we were, but we was trying to find out who we were. Uh, it was a great time being here in South Bend. Um, I think about 72. <laughs> I've to 50 years. But anyway. <laughs> you you I know something you were doing as
2: a junior. You led the nation with ten interceptions in your junior year. That's what you were doing, my man.
3: Uh, yes, I, I kind of got there was a there's a story that goes behind that, Tim. I was um I was the third game of the year we was playing Michigan State. And before the game, my brother and I, we would always walk over to the stadium, and as always was As usual, plenty of fans outside of the stadium. And the lady came up to me before I went into the locker room and she said, Townsend, you haven't done anything this year. I, was like, I looked at myself and said, It's only third, third game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, You need to do something. <laughs> so I said, Okay, thank you very much. And I went into the locker room. Man. That was my first interception. <laughs> and my first interception of the year. And from that, I took off. I said, You know, that wasn't too bad. I might have to try that
2: again. <laughs> so, did you find that lady to thank her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never
3: have. I wish she would show up, and so I would know who she were. But she was a great lady. She inspired me so much <laughs> that day. That got the first one is done, and from there we've moved on. Well, I I got nine more, so made, made it great. Oh my goodness, my buddy's here.
1: <laughs> look at it. Yours. Look at here this. His opening act, right? Uh, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Chris Norris <laughs> just is coming Chris. by. He'll be our. He'll be coming on shortly. Hey, Mike, take us back to. uh uh, a little before that, so you're coming out of high school and stuff. Who came and recruited you?
3: That's a, another interesting story. Well, that's I, what I'm here for. I like to ask interesting <laughs> questions. You must did your research. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was uh, in high school in, down in Hamilton, Ohio, home of the Garfield Griffins, and I, and I um, my brother was already here, Willie. Right. And he was here as a freshman. Willie, his whole life was based upon Notre Dame football. He watched Notre Dame every Sunday and everything and he's the only school that he ever had in his mind was Notre Dame. And him being older than I, he he got opportunity, he got recruited by Coach Parcision came up here as a freshman. I came my senior year, the one place I did want to go to was Notre Dame. The reason why I had always been in the shadows of my two brothers. My older brother Peyton was the basketball player. My Second older brother, Willie, Mm -hmm. was a football player and basketball player. And you did the same. I did the same. So I had to find out, get away from my brother thinking I would. And I actually picked Purdue to go to. And um, one of my, oh, I got to tell this story. One of my my girlfriends picked out. Earmouse, earmuffs, (laughs) earmuffs. One of my girlfriends picked out the reason she wanted me to go to Notre Dame because it was all men.
2: Ah, Uh I remember that from
3: from
1: Uh, Ross. Yeah, Yeah, tell me that. Yeah, Yeah, he told me that. That's right. Important detail here. (laughs) He's quote one of his girlfriends. Had she uh, ever been influential before?
3: Yes, she had been. Okay, uh, since then, since I picked Notre Dame. After that, her influence kind of waded from there.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the originals. <laughs> you did too much research, Tim.
2: <laughs> I, I got I got more, buddy. I got more here. The connections. That I, the I've got notes. On, i got game. notes on Chris too. The, to us too. So. <laughs> well, this is the legacy heating air game day show here on Sports Radio 960 uh, WSBT on a beautiful fall day as people go by and wave at us so how was that how great an experience was that playing basketball and football with your brother at a at a college like notre dame well uh
3: like i said it was fantastic um we we were playing the intramurals basketball and um it got around to some of the campus um uh that uh that uh, Digger was looking for some players on the
2: basketball team. And this is his first year at Notre Dame, is that correct? Right, the first okay. year
3: there. Okay. And uh, Digger Phelps, being the head coach, he, uh, came, he front, confronted uh, Coach Parseason and said, I got two players on your football team. I'd like to have a tryout for the basketball team. And Coach Parseason <laughs> told me no right, right off the bat mm-hmm. because he said, they're here for football and scholastically. And uh, so, Coach Parcisi put some parameters around based on scholastics and ability. The only way we could go out if we made the team to stay on the team, and like that, him and Coach Phelps worked work that out. So we had a tryout, and uh, we ended up making the team. <laughs> which was kind of <laughs> unusual. <laughs> Two football players out there, but one of the uh, best games we had was against UCLA. Probably mm-hmm. part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, if you remember, Bill Walton was the big guy. Oh, I remember. Yeah.
2: I was in the stands for those games because I remember Dicker's first couple of years, yep. so I was in the yeah. stands.
3: Well, we was playing in Poly Pavilion against against Walton and his crew, and uh, Walton threw an elbow at my brother. Uh-huh. And, on, and on the way down, I told him, you're going to regret that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you took care of that.
3: <laughs> and uh, Wooly got him the next play, knocked him three three rows into the <laughs> thing. <laughs> but <laughs> that's one of the one of the times. But we had a great time playing UCLA, playing in Poly Pavilion, and we was also part of the uh, after '88 comes zero game, which we won in uh, right here in South Bend. Nothing better. Nothing better with Dwight Clay shooting the one shot that he uh, made for out of the, the co- whole game. Out of the co- <laughs>
2: Out of the corner, right? That's yes, what's sir. called timing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Didn't he win another game from the corner, also? Yes, he won another
3: game, but <laughs> yes. that game, that's the only game he, he remembers.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dwight, I love you, my man.
2: <laughs> so, any rivalry there as far as Willie was offense for the football team and you were on defense? Did that create any extra little. Uh, did you have to go against each other and practice? Not yeah, sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes
3: no. Coach Parcision kind of, you know, him being the the ultimate brain for us, said that hey, whenever Wooly and I will be one on one, he's stopping and calling another play. <laughs> 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 and uh, so I end up guarding Casper a lot because I was a safety. That was the issue. There you he, go. Whenever I was going against Casper, he didn't mind that. But whenever mm-hmm. I went against my brother, he, he didn't want that to happen for some reason. <laughs> I didn't understand. So probably uh, you didn't want to have to answer to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> Which she, she's very vocal. Right. <laughs> Which she was very vocal.
2: Two All-Americans going against each other, Mike Townsend and Dave Casper in practice.
3: Yes. Uh, we had uh, preseason. We had one one-on-one where Dave and I got caught up in each other. I was I was gardening. We both fell and we fell uh, fell away from each other. The trainer went crazy. <laughs> because neither one of us got up immediately. Oh boy, pre Preseason, didn't know what to do. <laughs> pre-season and, and he's like, This is my senior year, Dave's senior year, and we was like I looked at I said, Dave, you okay? Dave said, I think so. And I he asked me, Was I okay? I said, I think so too. Trainer came over, checked everything. We was able to get up, but Era told us to go to the sideline. So I, I, we was able to recover, but that was a um, oh
2: scary, a scary, yeah. a scary moment. So a lot of uh, former Era players have told me uh, that they got called out from the tower by Era. So I want to know, were you ever called out by the tower? They always said it was. I forget who told me that. It was like the voice of God calling down from the tower. <laughs>
3: Yes, it was the voice of God. <laughs> Coach Barcegan would be up there. It's the most interesting aspect of, of, of his knowledge of the game. He stood in between defense on the left side, offense on the right side. And he could stand up there and do jumping jacks and, and twirls still- <laughs> and turn around. Towards the defense and knew when I was out of out of position or any player on any defense player, right. out, out of position oh, and said you need to be over here and doing this and that. He turned right back around, look at the offense, didn't know what the play was called, and do the same thing with the uh, offense. Wow! It was he was just very amazing and he was like four stories high, and you like how could a man do it? But he was he was just that well developing his mind on our game plan. Right, and he does. And he did things that would just amaze you, like um, the game when we played against Tony Dorsett in Pittsburgh, we were playing, and it was flurry and snowing. It was cold, very cold, uh, 32, 34 degrees and stuff. And we went in at, at, um, before the game and, you, and talked to coach and said, what are we going to do on the flip, coach? Do we take it or do we, uh, do we defer He said defer. But the weather was kind of like now, it's blowing, you got wind blowing, and so when the wind blowing, you get the flurries flurries flying all around, and you couldn't see no more than about five or six yards in front of you, and then it would stop and be clear just like now, and then it would flurry up again. So coach said, if we win the flip, we want to defer, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Being a defensive player, you want to be out there right. and, and hit somebody right, right away, so you get get that chill off of you. So I, I said, "Okay, coach." We, we, <laughs> so Dave, I, Dave, Frank, and myself, we all uh, went out there and, and we wanted to flip. We wanted to flip, and at the time when we wanted to flip, it was just as clear as like this. We wanted to flip. We deferred. Went back in, got with the team, came back out. It was clear just like now. Kickoff time came, say another 15 minutes after that. Kicked off came. We went, we placed the ball down the kickoff, it started flurrying. And it stayed flurrying until they punted to us. And when it when they punted to us, it stopped. <laughs> Actually stopped. Right we got place. the ball, drove down, got a touchdown. Came back, we kick off again, flurries. <laughs> We stop them again. They punt us. We drive. We get the ball. dry down from the top. We up fourteen nothing right away in in the first quarter. And and it's like, how did he know it's gonna stop? But that's how it, it was. How it was. He, he he was that detail of a man. <laughs> Did, were,
1: were you ever doing any? Do you ever have any flashbacks to you know? Say you're doing something that maybe you shouldn't be doing. Do you ever get uh, <laughs> ever get a flashback to uh, just the voice of God just screaming down from the tower at you? Or, uh... Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <That happens. laughs>
3: because uh, Coach Coach Wasusian was you know he was beyond just a coach. Mm-hmm. He he was developing men, and his whole thought was about when you get done here, you'll you'll have your degree. And you go out into the world as a man, and not just a right. football player, but as a man to do well. And yes, I have fla- flashbacks all the time about God coming down and saying, "Mike, you shouldn't be doing that," <laughs> 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 or else telling me you need to do this rather Shape than up. that. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But Coach Bart's season is with me all the time.
2: Time flies. Uh, we got about a minute or so, but I don't, I don't want to let you go without talking about your friend. And I'll even have to say, not a football player like you were, but became a good friend with Ross Brown over the years. We were all shocked by his death, and uh, he was just such a great guy. I always call him the uh, the silly teddy bear. I mean, he's, the guy was so big or whatever, Yeah. but he was so good to me with the show and everything, too, and I know you guys were all good friends. You want to say a few things about Ross?
3: Yeah, Ross is uh, probably, we became the best of friends. I recruited him from high school, and we became just like brothers, basically, and his wife, my wife, they're very, very close, and I, the best thing I say say about Ross is that he's he's all man, and he would do any he would give you his left arm, his right foot, whatever you needed yes, he would. to get whatever you needed done. Ross just loved life, he loved people, and uh, he loved playing for Notre Dame. And if you ask him what was his greatest um, asset, was the fact that he came here at Notre Dame and left a legend like he does. He'll include the NFL. He'll include playing for the Bengals. He'll include playing for the Packers. But Ross' biggest asset to himself as well as to his family was playing here at Notre Dame and getting that baseline of what a man's all about and what you should be doing out in the world. And he took that from here and went out there and became very successful very, from the standpoint of being a father, being a, um, um, a person that does well in the community because he did a lot of community outreach reaching out there, staying close to Notre Dame, and being that asset that will always be an asset. Even though he's gone and I miss him very much, he's always around.
2: Well said. You know what, uh, and he's he made all of us better. Yes, he uh, did. Always yeah. felt after talking to him. What what problems do I have? And he just yeah. made everything good and everything. Yes, yes. Well, Mike Townsend, we appreciate you stopping by today. No problem. And uh, we'll catch you again. I know you got a lot a lot going on today, so have, go have a great day.
3: Okay, you you two guys, you do the same. It's a pleasure ta- talking to both of you, and especially go Irish.
2: Go Irish. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs>
3: Thank you, man. Thanks, Mike. Thank Get you. off
2: here if I can take a picture real quick. And we're going to be right back on Sports Radio 960 WSBT with Consensus All-American, Notre Dame's Chris Zorich. All right, we're back. There's crowds everywhere. The weather's fantastic. This is a Legacy Heat and Air game day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are in the center of Eddy Street Commons, right across from Five Guys Pizza. Go where you see people lining up, Mike and Chris Zorich. Mike Townsend and Chris Zorich are getting pictures taken and, and doing autographs we got one little business to take care of, Jim. What do you have? Yep.
1: Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. And Sherwood Tire, your one stop for complete auto care at the corner of US 30 and Oak Road in Plymouth.
2: I just love over all these years I've been doing game day, seeing former players uh, embrace each other and stuff. There's a camaraderie and a feeling that nobody else has that, but these guys do. Our next guest is a consensus uh, All-American at Notre Dame. For you Bears fans, he was a big star with the Chicago Bears, too. But right now, and I wish radio was TV so you could see the picture of Chris is in. Scottish kilts?
1: This, uh,
2: Irish could Come on, man. Th- Irish kilt. Th- th- Irish uh, kilt. What? Dude, really? Are we in this Scotland? headshot come here. Come on, man. This Irish
4: headshot kilt. does not yes. look like this. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, it does. Come on, now. <laughs> let put that
2: hat on everything. <laughs> minus, minus the
4: kilts. You he know, we're good. good. <laughs> Full. And reg- a tie.
2: Green. Notre Dame. Green. Skirt. Uh, kilt, Skirt. green, Come on, kilt <laughs> green. Well, first is a Scottish, now it's the kilt. I clothes. know. I mean, that's a I was Come out too late last on. night. Apparently, man, dudes don't wear skirts, they wear kilts. Kilts. And those shoes, kilt I love those program, green things, man. Too. Oh, my God. And you saved my life. I should be nicer to you. Thank you for coming in here Thank the last day. And, 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 and why
4: don't I want to thank Chris Bass, who's the equipment manager at Notre Dame, for hooking me up with the shoes. Because you, you need those when you're rolling with a, a kilt. They look very like comfortable shoes. They are. They are.
2: Well, good for him. Another good friend of mine, Peter Chivarelli, talked to you last night and uh, got you to come to me. He's the only oh, reason why here? I came. So I just
4: <laughs> want to let you know that he <laughs> told me to come. He's a great guy. After that,
2: I'm sure over by his house, but he told me if you don't come, you can't come over. So that's yeah. the reason why I'm here. He so. keeps telling me to come to his house. Keeps telling me to come to the party at Notre Dame on Friday nights. But I and you never go. That's a shame on. I you. know because I insane. don't. I don't want to be a guy that's trying to ask it's everybody insane. for for be a guest in the show all the time. That's a go. Well, then for you, you guys don't do go. that.
4: You just big guest to Kiss hang out with oh, Pete. Come on, guy. I mean, come on. Look at like that. Come I'll have on. To do you're that. a smart
2: guy. I have to do that. No, 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 I'm not. Come my on. My wife says I have a head full of useless information. So. Well, apparently, that's apparently the case. <laughs> apparently, she's right. Because
4: you're like, well, oh, hey, I can't go over to hang out with Pete and his friends <laughs> because I'm going to ask for interviews. Well, then you don't ask for interviews. You get invited back. <laughs>
2: come on. Oh what can God. I tell you? What can oh I tell my you? God. And I saw you last year. I'm a long-time, 17-year board member of the Dismas House, and thank you for appearing with the Dismas House. What a great year. event, huh? Yeah, I it mean, was. it was yes. just, I forgot how much money they raised, but it's just
4: awesome. I mean, just knowing that there's a place like that, a place in this community, to help folks who, who may have had some, some uh, mistakes mm-hmm. in their lives, they were able to kind of get through them and then have a chance to have a place like that, which is awesome. Well,
2: and your story was well taken by everybody in the audience. It, we, we really appreciate that. And also, they
4: kind of honored uh, former Dean Link of the yes. law school. Yes. He was awesome. He had actually just passed away during that time. So right. Was, and he was very helpful to this house as well.
2: Hey, I want to start first by asking, uh, Coach Freeman has really embraced the Notre Dame football player alumni and got them involved in the, in the program. Tell me a little, a little about, about that, how that's working, where he's getting you a lot of players just to talk. You're having golf outings. You know, what's the toss game? Ring, beanbag toss. I wow. can't hear come anything on. today. Born I'm old. off it. Born I'm old. off it. Back home. Ever tailgated before? <laughs> I'm off. Where have you? Been? <laughs> where have hey, you when been I go tailgate, all I do is get the beer and that's it. He come may on. have been tailgating before. The that's right. Maybe that's that the was thing. that. Thing. Maybe. Very early. So he seems to embrace the alumni more so than any other coach, at least for quite a while.
4: And it's great because... Having someone who's played the game on the highest level, he played played at Ohio State, played for two national championships. What I love is that he wore number one. I mean, he was literally a badass, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea that he understands how important the alumni team, the alumni football players, are to a program is extremely important. And so when you talk about folks having a chance to come back and being embraced, it's terrific. So we had an event last year, which was the uh, Legacy Weekend, And it was great because, and this is sad to say, but when the ushers greeted us on the first floor of the football stadium, when you got in the elevator, they said, welcome back. And I know for a fact, after going up the elevator, talking to a lot of former players that may have been a couple years before me, we had never heard that, which is sad to say. But Marcus and his staff, they've embraced the former players. And it's great because... There were some great legends. I mean, you obviously had a chance to, to, to hear from one right before me and Mike. Mm-hmm. But the idea of having people that understand what it takes to win around the program was extremely important.
1: You would think that, that something like that would just not be at all. Under no. Brian
4: Kelly did not happen. Yeah. Under Charlie Weiss did not happen. I Man. mean, there yeah. were players that <clears throat> were turned away from practices. Wow. It, it, it was embarrassing, actually. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of the unknown secret for a lot of the former players. No one really talked about it. Yeah. Because like you the, couldn't believe in the it. room, yeah. Right. right, and it was the ultimate diss as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's why for a long period of time, a lot of former players never came back. Correct. Now, of course, you had Tim Brown, Jerome Bedford. I mean, those guys were back all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's thousands of other players that really were not welcome back. I mean, I, and I want to say that they were saying, no, you can't come. But when you came, you the, it
2: wasn't the same. Right, absolutely. Uh, so you've had uh, the best of all worlds having Coach Lou Holtz in there. Tell me what it meant to you to have him as your coach and mentor, also.
4: Uh, it, it was an interesting relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I learned more after we got out. During the time he was a tyrant, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was you know his way of the highway, obviously. But at that young age, you needed that, right? Um, for me, I didn't have a dad growing mm-hmm. up, and so he was kind of that father figure for me. And again, my lessons were learned after. Uh, the time I even told him that, I had a chance to have dinner with him one day, and I was like, you know, I've learned. And he's kind of laughing. He's like, well, yeah, everybody does. Because, <laughs> and you got to think about it. I mean, sure. he's your coach for four years. Oftentimes, you're asleep in the meetings. You know, I mean, you don't really get everything. You don't understand it as a kid. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> essentials, trust, love, and commitment, which is on our national championship rings, you understand that, and that was really kind of the focus during that time. And to this day, you have men, former players who were coaches, who literally live by that model, trust, love, and commitment, and that's really what,
2: what we learned. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're live in the center of Eddy Street Commons, right across from Five Guys. Tell me how um, much difficulty was having your position changed after coming out of college the first year as a freshman and not getting to play? Well, I went to the same high school as Dick Buckus did. It's called Chicago Vocational High School. So there
4: was a legacy there, and I was fortunate enough to take my first recruiting trip to the University of Illinois and had a chance to have a conversation with Dick Buckus when <laughs> I was in Mike White's office. So I'm like, hey, this is a great place. Wow. Right? And I wanted to be a linebacker. I found out Notre Dame was interested. I obviously went and wanted to come here. So the idea that I came from this great linebacker institution, also Keena Turner from the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Would, yeah. uh, as well from CVS, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you got to play D-line. and I'm like, i got to – what? What? Time out
1: here. Time out. <laughs> well, the way he did it was kind of <laughs> sneaky. Yeah. So
4: we had a practice. We were playing Michigan State, and I was on the scout team my my, my whole year, my freshman year. And they needed another defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, Zorch, would you – and I'm like, sure. This is fun. I mean, I loved practice, scout team. to go out there and right. play balls out every play. It didn't make a difference. <laughs> so – I, I, we had a great practice that practice was great and at the end of practice we called up he said a couple things and he was like I think we have found our future nose guard and I was like okay whatever I'm not thinking whatever. he's like Chris how would you like to play defensive line <laughs>
1: <laughs> in front of everybody
4: <laughs> what wait I went to CBS with Dick Buck, what right. what <laughs> Of course,
2: yeah, sure, coach, yeah. (laughs) And the rest is history, as they say? Yes, as they say. (laughs) Not that easy, not that easy. When did you know in 1988 that you had a team that was good, real good? Uh, I would have to say really kind of the spring and the summer.
4: Um, We had a lot of guys in summer school. Um, We were a really close-knit group. Um, And we had a lot of sophomores who were playing a lot. And we kind of knew it was something special because like our practices were harder um our uh the commitment in the offseason a lot of times a lot of the older players were like hey what are you guys doing and i mean this is just this is what we knew like this, this is this is kind of new for us this is this. i'm sorry this is what we know we want to go you know 100 percent every play whatever and literally i mean going into the season we just assumed this is what notre dame was like However, it hadn't been in the past. And so we, we weren't part of the, the, the games with Miami where they lost 58-3. to three or I forgot what the score was. But um, we weren't part of that. So we, we didn't know about that. And for us, it was just like, hey, we have to go and have a better practice, better game. Uh, we actually loved the games because they were harder. They, the, the games were actually easier than our practices. And so for us, it was just something that we knew we were going to do. And even when we went undefeated, the following year, we only lost one game. The last game of, of our, our our regular season, but we thought we were going to win four national championships. You should, right? Game here, game there. Play here, play there. Well, it's interesting. I have a podcast um, for myself. It's called the Swords Podcast, and I had Coach Holtz on, and we were talking, kind of going over some stuff, whatever, blah blah blah. And then he was like, "Crew, Chris only." i like to say something. I was like, sure. You've got the, I mean, it's you. <laughs> you got the you mic. Go ahead, yep. right. He's like, well, I want to apologize to a lot of the players because I'm the reason why we lost the game against Miami. And we all knew, but we never talked to him about it, right? And so he really kind of came out and said, and he was under a lot of pressure from the university. We were getting into fights a lot. you know. I mean, we didn't have the best reputation in the world. And well, what I'm referring to, folks might not know, but the last game of the year that year, we were playing at Miami, and they were undefeated, we were undefeated, They were, we were number one, they were number two, we had just won the national championship the year before, so we're rolling, and they were kind of back talking back and forth, guys were kind of fighting and stuff like that, and Luke kind of jumped in the middle, kind of, you know, he calmed everybody down, when we got in the locker room, he said that if we get into another fight, he's going to resign. Oh, I mean, how do you say that in front of? I mean, A, right. a yeah. team that we're we're, we're, we're for blood. I mean, uh-huh. We're about yeah, to yeah. kill some folks. And he's like, "Hey, if you guys get another fight, I'm going to resign." And we're just like, "Whoa!" So you can imagine, we went out there, we're flat.
2: Yeah, as I said, deflated. You're right we there up and getting
4: then, our ass kicked against Miami. That was the only game we lost that year.
2: Oh, jeez. So was that? you talking about getting mean everything. You were named by Sports Illustrated the meanest player in college football at one point. So what kind of ribbon did my you get? My mom hated that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> my mom was like, there's no way I love you. There's no meanest what? So my mom. He's such a sweet <laughs> boy. I'm surprised
4: she didn't call the writer. i like, you can't. Okay? You <laughs> and she hated my high school coach because he called me kind of mean and nasty. She was like, he's a wonderful kid. What did your
2: teammates give you some grief off of that? Too? Uh,
4: Guys weren't like they weren't like really reading Sports Illustrated back then, and to the idea that they were gonna, I mean, they kind of knew kind of our reputation as a team, and more importantly, our, our defense. We didn't take any crap, not even practice, you know. And when we would, when we could catch Rocket, which was very rare, or Jerome, I mean, we would try to kill them, you know, and so we just had that reputation. So it wasn't anything new that I mean, they, they could have said that to probably 100% of the defense, uh,
2: at the time. Mean? Absolutely. So you got to have that mindset. You have to. You know, oh. Mom might have
1: called the writer, too.
2: See, I uh, never know. Believe me. Believe me. I'm pretty sure she did. <laughs> so you talk about coming from the same high school as Dick Butkus, and you obviously talked to him, and now you get drafted by the Bears of all places. So when did you hear from Dick Butkus after you got drafted well, by the even Bears? Well, better
4: story. So my senior year, um, there was an event in downtown Chicago it was an all-state banquet, and Mike Ditka was the main speaker. And so my mom and I got to the hotel early, and we're just kind of sitting there waiting for the event to start. And Mike Ditka comes out of the room. He's just kind of sitting by himself, and my mom, my mom and I were huge beer fans. So she's kind of nudging me going, oh, my God, there's Mike Ditka, there's Mike Ditka. I'm like, yeah, it's great. She's like go say hi I'm like I'm absolutely not I'm 18 I'm like 17 I'm like there's no way I'm gonna say that so she goes over and I starts talking to him I'm like oh my god I'm so embarrassed as a 16 year old kid I was 17 my, my mom is talking to Mike Didka. so then she motions me over and I'm like what so I go over there whatever so we're talking and I didn't, I didn't say anything right my mom's talking I'm like wow but somehow I remembered hey can you remember my name in four years I was, I was already going to Notre Dame and He's like, yeah, Chris, sure. what? And he didn't remember. But then you fast forward <laughs> four years, uh-huh. and literally he was like, he called me off and was like, Chris, how would you like to be a Bear? And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, I asked about the story, he didn't remember. But it was, <laughs> but it was cool, though, the fact yeah. that having an opportunity to kind of be born out, and raised yeah. in Chicago and then having a chance yeah. to play at Notre Dame, and then the Bears was just kind of
2: crazy. So you were a captain at uh, Notre Dame in your, in your days there. If you were a captain on today's team, What would you be talking to the defense about?
4: Uh, Really just being consistent. Um, Having that attitude of putting your boot on somebody's throat and not letting up. Uh, I I think Notre Dame has a reputation of not running up a score. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and that's something that you have. I mean, you aren't playing tennis or badminton, and not not taking anything away from people who play those sports. But the idea of football is to dominate. And when you kind of hold back, that's not being fair to the players that you practice with all week. They want to go out there and rip somebody's head off, Right. and you should allow them to actually do that. And if an opponent can't uh, defend you or they, um, they're they not able to score, it's not our fault. We just need to go out there and play.
2: So literally I was just talking about the, the, the consistency of being dominant every play. So Bo Bauer, another loss, a severe loss. Um, you were probably on teams that – had to just put in another guy, next man up type of thing and stuff. So what would you say the guy that's going to replace him? Might be Prince Collie or something like that? Any particular tips you'd give him? Well, it's not so much that I have anything that they don't don't already know, but it's just that consistency of being in the family, right?
4: (laughs) And knowing that, you know, you care for your brother next to you. And when your brother's down when he's out, you have to step up. And if that means you have to practice a little harder, if you have to lift a couple more weights, you have to do things a little bit harder just to get to where that person was in front of you, then you have to do that. And I'm speaking to a person that spent his freshman year on the, on the, on the scout squad. Right. I believe me, I know how it is carrying people's bags and getting beat up in practice, holding the bag all year. So, you know, those were the times that I remember, and those were the times that kind of got me uh, motivated mm-hmm. to go in and perform and hopefully even earn a, a position on the Notre Dame team.
2: So, time goes fast. We got about two minutes. Do you have a that's favorite Lou Holtz story? Uh, I do, but I also want to mention before I do that, Absolutely.
4: Um, my wife and I have an Airbnb in the South Bend community. It's oh, actually yeah. right in Angela, not too far from the campus, and uh, it's called the Mini Clover. The Mini Clover. And so, we're, we're telling folks if they want to get involved, uh, maybe have a chance to kind of spend some time. That's great. Uh, they can go to our website. It's called just theminiclover.com. Okay. theminiclover.com. And then we have what is called the Zorich Experience, where I check folks in, the Airbnb, s- spend an hour with them, have a whole bunch of swag. I got helmets. I got footballs. Wow. I got jerseys. If you can, check out the website. We'll be more than happy to have some folks.
2: Give that information again. theminiclover.com.
4: It's the Zorich Experience at our Airbnb. And then you have a podcast, too. I do. It's called the Zorch Podcast. You can check me out on YouTube. You just kind of throw my name in there, and it'll pop up. You got
2: it. All right. You got about a now, minute. For now, story. We got about a minute for a story. got to get my plug in there, man. You got to get the plug in hey, there, man. That's, uh, okay. I got to pay those bills, man. That's right. I pay the mortgage. Favorite story. A quick story.
4: Uh, so, we're playing against uh, Air Force, and we were. And this was in 88. Um, you know, there was teams that... We know where we are better than. He kind of needed some motivation. Uh, We go there on Friday to kind of do a walkthrough, go in the locker room, change, whatever. We get there on game day. The locker room is pink. Uh, We're not sure if he paid our managers to go paint it or if (laughs) Air Force (laughs) did it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lou made everybody go out there, get
2: a pan of can of (laughs) Ace hardware, and paint the locker room pink. I love it. I hadn't heard that story. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, Chris Zorich, we appreciate it. Again, thank you for helping me out the last minute. Absolutely, you man. Know, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll stay in touch for the future. Thanks, and Pete. Give, give and the information. You, you better get your butt over to Pete's house. So, you know, I better do you I know. Better. Then you know. Give that information, though, on your Airbnb.
4: It's called theminiclover.com, theminiclover.com. Just go there, check it out. We have all the information, and you can experience the a Notre Dame football game like a champion.
2: I bet there's people right now are trying I'm to write, write that down. I hope, so. yeah, yeah. I hope so. Please check it out. I live in town. Otherwise, I would go over there and hey, know it hey, sounds well, good. We'd be more than happy to welcome you
4: As long as the credit card doesn't get declined, we're Big good. Up. I yeah, think but I but might have one that works there. <laughs> All
2: right. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, this it, guys. is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on 960 WSBT. We'll be right back. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show. We hope you'll stay with us after a short break. We'll be back with Irish consensus, All-American running back, Reggie Brooks on Sports Radio
3: 960 WSBT.
2: Saturday night in in South Bend is shortly coming up as the Fighting Irish take on the Cardinals from Stanford. It's a beautiful day outside. We're in the center of Eddy Street Commons right across from five guys you can't miss us we had a great first hour with mike townsend and chris zorich this is indeed the legacy heating air game day show i'm tim growl along with jim irisari stay with wsbt for the whole rest of the day right up after us will be game day sports beat powered by michael michael blight that leads into the network pregame show then the kickoff just after 7:38 p.m and your coverage is not over when the game ends after the game Join Jim and Reggie Brooks for the review of the game, plus all the stats and interviews on the official Notre Dame Post Game Show, all on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, the WSBT Radio Sports app, and streaming at WSBTRadio.com. Jim, yes, sir. what a first hour.
1: Yeah, right? Great hour.
2: Now, that was so much fun. Now, next guest, you don't know him too well. You only spend every <laughs> ah, post game Saturday night with him. <laughs> But I will tell you, he didn't get the grief. That I got from Chris Zorich this is true. for calling this it is a true. skirt.
1: <laughs> this is
2: Reggie Brooks, man. He was nice on you. That's boy. He just took me over guy. the barrel
0: right on the air. He just rec- well, I've been giving him a hard time, but him and Lee Beckton have been sporting these kilts for a while. But I just, I they're skirts to me. Sorry, uh, if I offend anyone, I
2: apologize. I don't don't mean to do so, but they, well, they're skirts. The chance to tell Lee Beckton he's got to come on. He hasn't been on in a while, so. Okay.
0: Yeah, he, he he's he's uh actually I just left him uh they got a little tailgate going and him and Chris they hang it they like right next to each other and wearing those there's
1: those things so yeah we'll let that go.
2: Hey, let's start with. One <laughs> it's a little of the, cold for that, isn't it? it? Wouldn't you think? I mean, I would. <laughs> it's a little drafty.
1: I mean, I'm here, you know. Yeah. Like I'm standing in the sun and I'm just like, man, I could use a blanket right about I, now.
2: I thought I saw him walk over that sidewalk air duct like Meryl Monroe and he was standing <laughs> right above that, so you know. Hey, cool and free. Well, who, am I to, who am I to challenge <laughs> hey, anything right now, okay? <laughs> Let him express his individuality. That's I'm, right. I'm, That's I'm good right. with that. <laughs> hey, Reggie, uh, since last year, obviously, there's been a coaching change and everything. And one of the things, and Chris really hit on it too, is the difference in the fact that Marcus Freeman really embraced the former players, alumni players, which is kind of refreshing. That hadn't been that way for, for, a, for a while. Um Comment on that? I, I could not agree more. Um, he has
0: been extremely gracious with his time. Um, it, it, I still kind of marvel that he's so young. You know, to be that young and have such a, a perspective and understanding of the the history and the integrity of what makes Notre Dame Notre Dame, and particularly Notre Dame football. He has embraced it uh, in in every facet, and he's been beyond accommodating to so many of the former guys and. And you, like I said, when he first started doing some of the different things that he was doing, guys were skeptical because it was like,
1: "What? <laughs> this can't be real."
0: <laughs> and, Wait and, a minute. Wait.
1: Yeah, he's he's giving out invitations. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, in, in,
0: in actually getting on and talking to the former athletes. Right. It was like, "Oh gosh, we we did not act. Guys did not act." I mean, we when you know we eventually found out that okay, this cat's real. So let's let's get out and support him. And, and be a uh, advocate for him because that's something again. He appreciates, and again, not being someone that played at Notre Dame, right. he appreciates the legacy and the value of the alumni because again, he played at a pretty prestigious uh, institution as well from a football yes, standpoint. he did. So I, I think he understands and he gets it. And his uh, he's just been a really outgoing. And I'm, I'm shocked because like I said I, I I just never seen a head coach that accommodating. Mm-hmm on such, you know, all spring. I mean, I, I, he, I'm, I, you know, in Grand Prairie, Texas, and he came down was going to, and visiting the different local clubs. Jeez, and uh, it's like, man, this man's everywhere. I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> it, and and, and I, I had the uh, pleasure of meeting his wife. She is phenomenal because, you know, people tend to, you know, focus in on the coach and don't always understand what goes into the family that requires, you know, that support. To keep him lifted up, and you know, he, they have you know six kids, and you know they, they're all he has them by the by uh, practice and uh, in the facility, and that that means something because a lot of the guys like I said you know the the alumni, you know we're family man. We have you know wives and kids, and, and you know we want to value what he, he values what we value. You know that's family, you know that commitment to doing things the right way, and you know being being available and engaged with what makes Notre Dame football special
2: so did Such you have a to young to? family yeah. too oh you know? i know it is yeah. it is so did you have to tune up your cornhole game because i know that's been a number oh of cornhole God. tournaments for the players <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's no help for me <laughs> <laughs> my cornhole game is about as good as my golf
2: game you try so. it with both hands yeah oh. no i, <laughs> I'm, I uh, missed the board i've always tried shot every putting. time I've I you know, I
0: haven't, I haven't it. tried that. Yeah. You know, because again, you know, I, I always blame it on the bag. The weight of the bag is off, so it's just it's, it's make,
1: it makes it tough for me to cut the bag. This side of the bag's heavier than the other. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh, I'm going go with that.
2: It's just not something that probably Nordane players or football players deal with. So I bet you're not the only one that has a has an issue playing that. Oh, I, no! I know a couple of guys that are pretty darn good.
0: Oh, are they? Yeah. I mean, you be know, a name dropper. Who would that be? We'll not do that because because. They beat the crap
2: out of me, and oh. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to lose. All right, let's go, uh, go forward. Uh, last interview last year, and we had to do them by phone most of the time with COVID. Um, you had just released your book. Yes. So tell me, since then, how, the, how that has gone. It's gone well. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not, I, I could do more
0: in terms of publicizing it, but I'm not a very public persona in my mm-hmm. mind. You know, I I enjoy just the, the basics. Like I enjoyed doing the book. You know, I did it with John Heisler, and you know, I really enjoyed reading it afterwards because it, it you know brought back some good memories, but also it connected for me a lot of the things that made Notre Dame spe- Notre Dame football special, from the former guys all the way up until you know present day, the the importance of keeping that that community together, keeping that bond, and making sure again guys you know like. You got the Michael Mayers and then the Ken Ken McAfee's. You know, I saw you know Ken's here with the 77 national championship team. And th- that bond that, you know, you bled sweat, you know, tears for, you know, Notre Dame. And it's special. And, you know, to be able to put it in, in a book in terms of, that where people could, could grasp it. It's not just a book about football. It's a book about life and how, you know, it doesn't just end with your four years at the institution. It goes well beyond that. And, you know, that's something that I really, you know, see Marcus is that he sees the importance of family. Right. You know, we talk about the Notre Dame family. The Notre Dame family is not just, at least to me and the guys I played with, it's not just something you say. It, it's, it's pertinent to our everyday life how we live our life, and how, you know, we try to, you know, mentor and provide that same guidance to the, this new new generation.
1: It's a real thing. Yes. You know, it's not just a bunch of, uh, you know, words out there. Notre Dame family means something.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, and we got to work to, you know, and it takes work to, to, to keep family together. And It, it takes sure it work. Does. You know, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, put it out there, you know, one of our family members is missing, you know. Uh, I just Ethan saw that Johnson. late last night. Yes. Um, and he he's had some struggles and you know, you know, I pray to God that we can help him find him. so anybody that is listening to this that may have a connection with Ethan, please help us find him so we can make sure he gets 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 home safe and you know, get him back here and we can love on him and do what we can to get him getting him back to where he needs to be
2: and where you know, he's
0: he's near people that care about him.
2: Amen. Amen. The book is If These Walls uh, Could Talk. Have you had people coming up, and is there any particular story that maybe people, when they say that that one comes up more frequently when people ask you about it or say, hey, I read your book, oh, boy, that story about so-and-so? Well, uh, uh, it's a
0: little bit about my, my journey here, you know, mm-hmm. my recruiting experience, because, again, I didn't talk about getting the, the – because it wasn't the most socially wonderful experience right but just I remember you know you know, talk about you know the connection between Notre Dame football but also Notre Dame as an institution and the academic portion of it and how my brother was my host on my recruiting visit and he got he, the host gets you know X amount of dollars to to Spent, host right the, the, on, yeah <laughs> and I saw him one time and that was it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was on my own, but I just—it was. the Where
2: fact, did you find he did with, the, with that money?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. But Use your imagination. Yeah, right I know. <laughs> and well, the, the bigger part of the story is a, a, a grounds crew member helped me get find my way to my, my meetings because I didn't know this about you know when you're being recruited. All of my most of my recruiting visits just entailed me dealing with on the athletic side, so I never dealt with the academic side. Well, at Notre Dame, you actually have to engage the academic yes. side of the house, and I didn't know where that was. So uh, he was able to get me to the building that I needed to be in to make my meeting on time because if anybody knows Coach Holtz, he don't care if you're playing for him or not. If you're late for a meeting, he's going to have your behind. Right. <laughs> and that's not something you want. No, not at, all.
1: Not <laughs> at the, all. By the way, that was the actual original concept for the movie Rudy was just, you know, got to get one side of the house to the other. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't really,
2: but, you know. <laughs> 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 so you had a career average of 7.6 yards, and as far, far as I can find, that's still a school record. Do you agree with that or know that to be a fact? As far as I know, I mean. <laughs>
0: um, Nobody's
2: come close. Josh Adams was in the five-something, five, five something, I think, yards. Oh, no, I, I thought he
0: was going to break it. I, I'm, I'm a big Josh Adams fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really – would have hoped that they would have kind of used a more um, running back by committee with him because mm-hmm. I think that would have saved it because, like, him and C.J. Proceis. I, I mean, I look at how they're running with the guys now, you know, right. and that, that, that combination, I think, you know, because we did that. You know, we had kind of the thunder and lightning with me and Jerome, but we also had, you know, uh, Jeff Burris. So, and, and it reduces the wear and tear on you when you're not that primary back, mm-hmm. but, you are you know, you can share, share the load. And I think had he had the opportunity to share the load a little more, he would have, I, I had no I, I have no doubt that he would have broken the record so you're a big fan of running back by committee versus. yes, yes. It, it saves your legs and it, you know people don't want to admit it or not but most running backs have a set number of carries in them mm-hmm. and you know because you you take up you know you're blocking you're tackling you're running you know catching so there's a lot that goes into what you do. And, you know, your body breaks down. and you know, The less wear and tear, the better. So when you can share that load, the better opportunity you be, have to, to last longer and, you know, be more be fresher to be more explosive and uh, make bigger plays.
2: Not that philosophy uh, decades ago, pink it left, pink it right. Pink yeah. it left, pink it right, yeah. pink it left, pink it right. That
0: was the thing. I mean, like, you know, I remember, like I said, coming out of Oklahoma, you had Thurman Thomas was – there oh, at geez. Oklahoma State, yes, and then Barry Sanders, and it was just like eye formation, you know, you know, sweep right, sweep left, and you know, and away you go. But but I I was a kind of a bit of a and part of it maybe because I was a bit of an Oklahoma Sooner fan because you had the the wishbone, so you had a little, a little more um, sharing of the ball back then with with that group. But most times you had like the tailback was you know the primary runner, and they're getting twenty. 2025
2: carries a game and that wears on you after a while yeah it does Um, i'm absolutely this is legacy heating air game day show we're in the middle of eddie street commons across from five guys it's going to be a little chilly tonight but football weather would you agree did you like colder weather especially when the warmer teams were coming in or you didn't
0: like like, did not like cold weather (laughs) Never, no. <laughs> never you're, in the, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> no, I, or is that why you want to get to the end zone as come, fast as you could? Coming from Oklahoma, this was this was a definite eye opener to me. I, and again, I, I say this in my recruiting visit. Uh, you know, this is my brother, and never said a word about how cold it was here. Because uh-huh. I would come up during the fall for the games, and you know, be like, be like this. It's like oh, that's not too, it's not too bad. I, right. I could I could do this, you know, but. Come you know late November, December, yeah. de- December January. Oh my gosh, cool. it, it was it was not good. So, and that was something we, we would have um, and and have, have uh, winter conditioning when you came back from you know uh, you know we had bowl game you come back right from, uh, winter break, and we had to walk to the the Loftus, So <laughs> we had like uh, six a.m. Uh, running, six a.m. conditioning. And it is one of, and when you walk in a, across campus, and it's pitch dark. It's pretty lonely. And that wind is blowing. The wind is blowing, and <laughs> you're just thinking, why am I here? <laughs> what this? what, what, you, you, what you, turn you, in cons- life did I
1: take? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You
0: consider you consider life choices yeah. at that moment, and you're walking. I was in Fisher, so I'm walking from basically oh, south top quad to the Man. to Loftus, and yeah, it was it was it was a lot of walking and, and a lot of you know, thought about, should I really be, do I really want to be here? Is this really where I want to be? I mean, that really made me think about, oh, my gosh, this is, this is, it's not like this in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this in Oklahoma. Did that,
1: did that hike, uh, you know, from, from Fisher to, you know, to, to the workout, I mean, did that just qualify as leg day or? No. That, okay, <laughs> man. No. No. <laughs> now, yeah, more after that even.
0: So, it like I said, you go and you, d- do your lift. And do you running? Do you do conditioning, then you do your lift, and you know. Then you had to walk back, walk to class, and you know. As a freshman, eight o'clock classes were pretty much the norm, and so you, you like literally, you just go running until you puke, <laughs> and then go to class. <laughs> that, that, that
2: consisted of my w- weekly adventures uh, throughout the week. He's Reggie Brooks. I'm Tim Growl with Jim Erizari. You're gonna remember because I can't remember who this player was, but the story of here's one. I can't remember who it was. Just told us a couple of weeks ago. Alan so Rossum. He, Alan Rossum. So when he arrived, <laughs> he was from Dallas. right. Okay. Okay. So he got off. Of, they had the interior uh, gangway, so went right into the into the. Into, uh, into the and then yeah. they backed a van up right to the door. <laughs> he got in the door, drove to Notre Dame. They pulled the van right up to the door, opened the door, and yeah, let him go in we there. Did. It wasn't until later on that he realized. <laughs> like, wait a <laughs> minute. <laughs> no, no, Those
0: southern them. guys, I mean, and we, we always had guys from, like, you know, Texas, Florida, Georgia, you know, the Carolinas. And, whew, they struggled. Again, you you when you come on your visit, you're coming either, you know, in the fall. And it's, yeah, it's not bad. It's good. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful change, of the, change and of the trees, you got the, the tree color. And, and yeah. love it. I mean, you got <coughs> the green, the red, the brown. I mean, oh, man, this is gold. I'm like, hey, we, this is nice. Yeah. And then January, I'm telling you, that winter conditioning, you're talking about true trauma. <laughs> true trauma. I mean.
2: That's like, how they find that's where they really separate the men from the boys. Because
0: <laughs> you, you come in the Loftus, and there's – like on the track, there's these track well, just inside the track, there's these mm-hmm. trash cans around the around the track, uh, and, and, and you go on the infield. And I'm like, what do they need all these trash cans for? Found out real
1: Found quick. Found out, yeah. <laughs> so, because guys used
0: to would go and say, hey, I gotta go throw up, so they go to the bathroom. But that, yeah, we we just gonna avoid all that. Just throw up, right. and come on back. <laughs> yeah, <Jeez. laughs> we're just gonna eliminate that that extra step in there. <laughs>
1: You, you miss too much practice that way yeah, if right. you have to go all that's the way to right. the bathroom. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's too yeah. long of a walk. Yeah. That's,
0: that's a lot of conditioning that we're not getting in. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just just jog, o- jog over there at one of those trash cans. Time
1: is of the essence. Yeah, and, and <laughs> be, just, be quick with it, too. Yeah, and, and get
2: it out and come on back. <laughs> I and love they keep
1: eye on you, too. I love it. I love it. I love it. Stopwatch coming so out. So if you're okay with
2: it, we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about Holtz's Heroes, your feelings on NIL playoffs, and then and the, your thoughts on the team this year, too. Sure, man. We'll be right back on the Legacy Heat and Air Game Day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right. A lot of good-paced music this time, Jim. Yeah. I didn't have any theme this time other than being uplifting
1: music. Got a got to keep the energy up and uh you know when it's a little bit cooler right. than it has been so yep
2: we should have uh Ritchie should have been here and seen mike townsend when i had mc hammer being played <laughs> and he was doing his know. mc hammer <laughs>
1: He was too. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Tim was too. Hey, <laughs> hey, go ahead and
4: read what you got there. Be quiet. Uh,
1: Legacy <laughs> Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michigan's most favorite pizza since 1978. Pet Refuge urging you to adopt, don't shop. Where new beginnings have happy endings. And by Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance for amazingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. Just not right now.
2: There you go. <laughs> Hey, before we move on to a little bit uh, more with uh, Reggie Brooks, let's see here. All-American 92, round two pick in 93 for the NFL, played for the Washington Redskins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Um, career at Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know all the job titles, but you've been associated with Notre Dame since you were a freshman. (laughs) So how many years is all that now? Uh, If you include playing and uh, playing time here, 22 years. 22 years. Well, it's you a good look. Run. You look no west rest for the west for the. I can't even say it today. You look great. You <laughs> look great. I'll go with that. Oh God, if, if, if Zorich was here right now, he would just cure me all over the place. Because for some reason, when he was here, I was just had my mouth was not working properly. It was probably because you had to look at that skirt. Yeah, I probably was it. That's because I called it a skirt, and yeah, he that's took the dis- task right yeah, away. That disrupted disrupted everything. <laughs> So a couple weeks ago you had your uh, annual uh, reunion, get-together meeting, whatever it is, for Holtz's Heroes. Mm -hmm. You are the executive director. So remind our folks out there uh, of what Holtz's Heroes' mission is. Our mission is to provide, you know, whether it's financial
0: and immediate support for former student-athletes that have found themselves in a difficult situation, whether it's mental health, addiction, um, you know, financial. Because guys are, you know, people tend to forget about the guys that, Played that weren't superstars, right? And like I said, that brotherhood lasts long beyond that, and provide that support for them, and also providing scholarship, scholarship for uh, students to that you know that legacy students to come back and be a part of something that is great, um, and experience something, something similar to what we did as uh, Notre Dame men and women, and you know that's that's the the really heart of it is to provide support. To provide that community and build Hello. community one for another to make sure the guys are are looked after far beyond uh, you know we talk about you know it's Notre Dame is a four year is a four is not a four year decision it's a 40 year decision right and, a four, and it's a commitment beyond that and that's part of what you know we learned as former athletes and we want to make sure that that's something that we give back and pay it forward to that next generation
2: in the different <clears throat> various players around the country yeah. support different causes i think last year when we were talking jerome Bettis was contributor was contributing he has computers his bu- yeah he, to he the has schools. his bus
0: bus stops here foundation mm-hmm. so we also support the uh, uh uh community service uh needs of our former players and making sure that again we're active in our communities it's not just us you know being former players and people remembering you it's about making your your presence known in your community on a daily basis, and and just being there to support, you know this, that next generation, but also letting people know, hey, we're we're still here,
2: right? And we're here for not just ourselves, but we're here for our community. And the namesake faith and commitment was yeah. one of his biggest things that he talked to uh, all of his players about, yeah. right? Love, trust, and commitment.
0: You know, hey, do you ca- can I trust you? Do you care about me? And are you committed to excellence? It's not saying that you have to be perfect. But you have to be your be your best, and we are at our best when we are at our best together. Tell people where they get more information. Oh, we have uh, Hoaxes Heroes at HoaxesHeroes, um, org is the website, www.HoaxesHeroes.org, or you can call call me five seven four five three two zero two three two, and just you know if you ha- if you're led to support those well, we're not young men and women anymore, but (laughs) former athletes that have gone through struggles, you know, there's guys out there that are struggling. And that was one of the reasons I mentioned uh, Ethan Johnson is, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have an opportunity to support your community and someone that, you know, maybe did something for you, whether you went to Notre Dame or not, that you may have been a fan of, you know, guys are struggling. They need help. And, you know, we're, pride can be a, 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 a rough thing. Sure. But when people reach out and they
2: know there are people here that care, it makes a world of difference. He's Reggie Brooks. We're here on the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Let's turn to some college football topics. And before I get your feeling on what NIL you thinks does good or harm to the, uh, the game, if you had NIL in your days, what would be a – Food or some type of sponsor that you would have as your NIL sponsor? Well, um, the first one that comes to mind is Brooks Brothers uh,
0: clothing. <laughs> oh oh my know. goodness wow, gracious! My brother. Yes, fancy. Know, so. <laughs> yeah, you can say I've had a thought about that one yeah. a, a time or two, <laughs> but you know, just you know, you know, even like when we, because he would, he played in Philadelphia, I was in Washington. Uh huh. You know, I man, that'd have been an awesome deal, and again, yeah, you know, bringing some high end. Uh, clothing here to because we had to wear a suit coat and tie um to every game Mm -hmm. okay so that would have that would have been a very fitting for us to you know promote that and also share that with our teammates
2: right right i like that brooks brothers uh, we've got all sorts of things. Obviously, all the offensive linemen they want, they want food, they want wings, etc., or yeah. something. <laughs> Gotta have food. It's all about the food. Something like the, that. the big fellas,
0: hey, if if it's free, take two, and you know they will take three or four if you give it to them.
2: So <laughs> now, give me a, give your opinion on what you think NIL is doing to the game, good or bad. Well, NIL is not bad for the game. The problem is
0: is how it's being instituted, and, and there's no real so the Wild structure, West. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a, a firm believer in schools paying the student athletes, but for them to be able to profit off on the, off of their name, image, and likeness, I, I think that's fair. Because you consider, um, just take what the the, the, the um, contract that the Big Ten just signed with um, for their media rights.
1: Yeah, well, Fox, are, CBS, and NBC. Yeah, yeah. 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 You
0: know, yeah. eight billion dollars. So to say that it's an amateur sport is is ludicrous. It's a profitable business, and these young men and women should profit off of their, ne- their image. And the other piece is they need to be educated on what that means, brand value. Understand it's an opportunity for them to learn something because we're, we're at institutions of higher learning. So help them understand what their brand value is as, a, as, a, as it relates to the institutions. Because you know e- each institution has their brand. The mm-hmm. Big Ten is a brand. Michigan is a brand, Notre Dame is a brand, Alabama is a brand. The individual student athletes that come, there, they are a brand. And understanding that, understanding the value of that and the importance of it will better help them as they move on into that next, the next phase of their, their life or career. But having the opportunity to have some, a couple of dollars to invest, you know, financial literacy is, is critical. Because people think, oh, well, you're in college. College does not teach you financial literacy.
1: Yeah.
0: Should. It should. It, it should yeah. Absolutely should. But it's putting things in place to help these young men and women understand what this means. What does NIL means? What does your name, image, and likeness mean? People are always talking about brand. Well, brand is also we talk about, you know, with Hoaches Heroes. That's a brand. Love, trust, and commitment. You know, what do you stand for? Does your brand value, does your brand commitment? match up with an institution you know you don't just go somewhere because you can get money right you need to go somewhere where you can learn and grow and develop and if and if you're
2: blessed to have you know make some money while you're there i'm all for it do you think that's happening though at other colleges where they're no going there for money no oh yes i mean
0: i mean okay the more harmful thing was not nil Mm -hmm. it's the it's The the transfer portal yeah Cause it's the in that that made it even more because you can just go out and you know for those that the haves and the have-nots is mm-hmm. that's going to that gap will widen because they can go and cherry pick from uh the, the group of five schools to say hey well hey you look pretty good quarterback hey we'll take you yeah I mean you look at Ole miss they how many <coughs> transfers they get
2: right
1: heck USC with the you know just yeah. the one way <laughs> the they, they can they can basically
2: buy a team now yeah. right so do you like the um, Iowa concept where all the NIL money goes into one pot and everybody gets an equal distribution or are I, you in favor I, of the individual doing their own I, you can actually do both
0: and this is concept that I've thrown out there it's like you have the conferences are they're the originators of a lot of the the deals that are made. You know, have a percentage that is that you agree upon the percentage of from the conference and have those dollars distributed and say, Hey, these dollars are distributed to the student athletes and they put are put in the pool. Because I'm not a fan of like I said, you, you go somewhere, you get some money and then you go somewhere else. All right. Right. That that's that's a bit disingenuous and I'm not a big fan of that, but Having those dollars there available to them, and then the student athletes can make a determination: Hey, do you want to keep this in a, a, a trust until you graduate, or hey, you can set aside X amount of dollars per semester or per year that you're able to garner while you're there, and you know those dollars don't travel with you. Like I said, if you're going to go if you're going to be somewhere; those dollars stay with that institution mm-hmm. because it's it's originated from. The big 10 so Mm -hmm. you're not really kind of jumping from one school to the next because you never really develop any sort of cohesiveness um as a team in my mind so that that would be my suggestion but also you can still do individual um deals for, for the individual players i mean you know the quarterback the star point guard or whatever they can still make additional money because it's not the institutions that are paying the kids it's third parties and stuff. So they they can create a deal for it with a third party, and but this, having someone at the school that can help them with that process, that'll help them learn how to negotiate a contract. So if they do make it to the next level, well, great. Okay, you make it to the next level. You understand, like I said, the the how to, how a contract works, and the ins and outs of it. So you're not just going in things blind, and you have a better understanding. Again, education is the key and the better educated our young and, young men and women can be about the whole process will benefit them not only as a student athlete but when they you know hopefully make it on to a professional career in any sport art,
2: any um in any any industry. Mm-hmm. You brought up transfer portal. Don't you think that's an easy way out now and uh, players don't have to first time they face some adversity maybe they're out of here. Exactly. As an example, yeah. Bobby Brown told us on the show that um, if they would have had that back in the day, he probably would have left, but his mom talked him into staying because you really, you know, yeah, she was I, right. I was going to ask you about yours. You know, you had some ad- yes. adversity and stuff. Would that have entered into possibly?
0: Oh, if, if I didn't have to call home and I could have just took off on my own, mm-hmm. I would have. But I had to call home and check with my mom and dad, and my dad was like, you know, this is when you know long-distance calls were expensive, so mm-hmm. he's like, uh <laughs> I said, Dad, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, very quick call. He was like, "No, you're not going anywhere. You signed that letter of intent. You're going to. You made a commitment. You're going to honor it." And he said, "Just figure it out, Clint. That was it." So
2: <laughs> that's figured out, right? Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Tim and Jim with uh, former uh, All American running back at Notre Dame, uh, Reggie Brooks. So let's talk about a super conferences right now. Is, is that what you see all of college football heading towards? And how many? Super conferences? will you think they'll end up finally? Well, I mean, right now it's the Big Ten and the SEC, and
0: um, and I think there'll be a third one, and there'll be a, some compilation of Pac-12 and uh, Pac-12, ACC, and, um, um, Big, and 12. The Big Twelve. Big mm-hmm. Twelve. Okay. And I do see. Like I said I can kind of see the ACC kind of more hanging you know, with the SEC side of things, and you. I mean. I'm not a fan of the Super Conference, but I understand. You know, this is a dollars and cents uh, industry now, and it is that. It is a business, and unfortunately, I said having been the administrator for a track and field for the track and field program at Notre Dame, I understand the impact that it has on the non-revenue sports. That's why I'm not a fan of it because, you know, you, you think about the Big Ten. Imagine the soccer team, the men's soccer team, women's soccer team, lacrosse, whatever. You know, try to trans, trans go from um, California to Rutgers, or, right, you know, from, right. From, from, right? Right from yeah, right cross yeah. country cross yeah. country, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know they're not you're, getting you're, the charter flight. Yeah, yeah. you're flying commercial. Yeah. You know, I said I I flew I, I commercial with our student athletes to conference championships, and you know, last time I checked, you still got to go to class. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, so that's not a that's not optional. And then when you don't have you don't have chartered flights. It makes it very difficult to transport you know, a, a team, a baseball team, or a, a soccer team, or a lacrosse team. You know, to to transport you know what twenty, thirty kids across country. You know, hockey even. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you look at this and it's like the, every all the focus has been geared towards football and basketball, and that's been. That's a, that's to me that's been a detriment to the other sports the, to other sports, but just as college sports as yeah. a whole because it, it does not you know college is about you know shared experiences and you know as a student athlete you you you're in you see the 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 work that the the you know the lacrosse team puts in you see the work that you know the the soccer the soccer teams put in because they're working out competing. Working their butts off the swimming, swimming and diving teams, track and field. And, you know, again, I never felt like I was any better than a student athlete from any other sport. And, you know, we had, I remember the first time I ran track at Notre Dame, went to a track meet, and we didn't have like um, a chartered flight and we didn't have uh, the escort. Blank. Oh, I had to go to the, um, I remember having to go and pick up my bags. From the uh, baggage carousel, I didn't have to do that when I was with the football team. That's <laughs> like, a big football star. Yeah, right. Cultural like, shock, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Yeah. And it, but it, it gave me a <laughs> sense of, you know, a sense of understanding, and respect to have for the other students and what they deal with on a, you know, daily basis. They're competing and you know and they're packing their own bags and they're picking them up and trying. And I'm like, wow, we we got it pretty good. And so. I've I, I, so I say I'm not. I've never been a fan of the emphasis, granted, you know, football and, and the basketballs, they make the money for the institutions, yeah. and a lot of times those two sports, they cover the cost of all the other sports. And I completely get that. I mean, like I said, our budget for track and field was predicated on the success of the football team and the basketball team. And I, you know, understand that dynamic of it, but I think, you know, you would – have a better appreciation for you know what these other student athletes have to go
2: through when you go through it yourself. Nope. Nope. So, so oh, as the wind win, as the wind goes <laughs> flying up here, uh, one last topic before we talk about this year's team. So are you in favor of the current four-year four team playoffs, the possible eight team playoffs, or you a larger playoff? i definitely would like to see it expanded you Thank know uh, i'm i i
0: was never uh, a fan of the the four team because it just again it restricts opportunity mm-hmm. for you know you to have an experience that you know not a lot of kids don't get to have you know the normal suit so the more we can expand and the more opportunity we can give to other other teams to have access to experience you know our, our system was the bowl system um, we didn't have a playoffs. I would have loved to have a playoffs because again, opportunity to play more games. Right. And right. you know, you play the sport that you love and I think it, I think it's just more beneficial <coughs> excuse me, not to just you know, the, the 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 power 5. Right. Would love to see more of the group of 5 sc- schools get an opportunity to com- come in and compete and, and see where they stack up.
1: It just uh, it it not only breaks up the monotony but also the monopoly. Yeah, you
2: know, you would have liked to have played more, but not in a cold climate. That's <laughs> Well, see, that's other thing. You know, I mean, we—that was, like I said, that was our like to go to
0: a Sugar Bowl, yeah, or a, a Orange Bowl, or I never got to go to a Rose Bowl, but go to a warm climate. Right. That was that was the reward uh-huh. for having success <laughs> for the season. So I'm always All a for favorite. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arizona. I remember uh, going. I mean, I wasn't there, but I went, went down for the. Uh, Fiesta Bowl because my brother was playing. And man, I'm like, this bowl thing is pretty cool.
2: I can get, <laughs> I, I can, I can get used to this. Okay, Reggie Brooks, I know you analyze the post game. I'm going to have you analyze pre game. First of all, offense. What does Notre Dame need to do today? Not just for this game, but to improve their chances for success the whole rest of the season. They're doing it. Um, you see them getting better
0: up front. I mean and, and, and Coach Freeman has mentioned it, the importance of you know, establishing yourself on the on the line at the line of scrimmage. Whoever established the line of scrimmage is the team that's gonna have the success. And that's offensive defensive lines. I don't care what quarterback you have, what running back you have, if you're not getting people moved off the ball offensively and get getting, getting some push. And I just think with with the type of back and with Edrick Estime. His power is in his downhill approach. You know, when I see him going sideways, not good. Mm -hmm. If you got him going downhill, he's going to have some success. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off of Drew Pine because when you have that ability to run the football, it opens up things in the passing game. Oh, sure. And you can do a lot more things from that that standpoint. And there's nothing like – Get to that third, end of the third, fourth quarter when you look across, and and as a back and look at the linebacker and see him quit. They're gassed. They they're done. That that is that is a feeling that is like like no other. Because mm-hmm. you know, hey, I've imposed my will on that that opponent.
2: Big Harry Heastan fan. That yes, I am. They just without a, a doubt. they just got to get more more yeah. experience. Every game they seem to get a little better. And and that's the thing about it, except, I said. Mean, Everybody was, like, you know, kind of, like,
0: surprised. I'm like, you know, Kyron Williams covered up a lot of <laughs> – <laughs> Covered a lot block- of holes, yeah. Blocking yeah. mistakes with right. the offensive line because of the way he ran. And mm-hmm. just – he ran – he was a better runner that second year than the year before when he was a sophomore. He, he was a – he became a better runner because he had to do so much more. And I think, you know, the the more they get to – they learn how to work together, because, uh, you know, there's a reason that the, the top offensive line award is a offensive line, not mm-hmm. an offensive line month. Yeah. And that's because they work as a unit. And the more they can get, get reps together, learn how to play together, and you, you almost have a symbiotic uh, – it becomes a symbiotic um, uh, flow to it because you can see I know what the guy next to me is going to do. I don't have to – it's communicated – Almost by osmosis, because you've done, you've gone through this blocking scheme, you've seen this front, and you know, hey, my guy sees what I see. You're you're like one one entity, and you move as such. And when you can move as one entity as the offensive line, that is the most beautiful thing in the world.
2: You've played for and uh, been around a lot of tight ends. You got a couple adjectives for Michael Meyer? Well, I don't have an adjective, but I just know he's the best tight end in the country. <laughs> right, whatever, Good whatever, enough. whatever adjective, <laughs> I like that. whatever adjective signifies the best tight end in the country,
1: that's that guy. Just give him the Mackie Award. Oh, does Notre now. Dame just
2: keep? I mean, this goes back to Dave Casper, Ken McAfee. They just keep. They, they call him tomorrow. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's Eric just Brown, Irv Smith. Yeah, we we turn them out. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. All right, let's go to defense. And now we got a hole to fill because we we lost Bo. And well, so.
0: I will say this defensively. I would like to. See, I mean, we've gotten better on the, uh, up front, and I it just I get the sense that we're practicing a little more physical,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and that that's why we're you know, becoming a little more dominant up front on both sides. And when you compete in practice, you make each other better, and you get better. And I, our secondary, our, our front seven is I feel very comfortable where we are front seven wise. Our defensive linemen and linebackers. I would like to see our our. You know, if we're gonna do these safety blitzes, and this has happened a couple of times, (laughs) where don't do that blitz if it's not gonna get there. I was gonna say, as soon as it happens, both times he's like, "Oh, why did I do that?" You literally see it coming, and it's like you can't be coming from 12 yards deep (laughs) and think you're gonna get there. You either have to come (laughs) sooner, or just don't do it. But you know, I would like to see also our defensive backs, whether it's the corners or the nickel guy, reroute a receiver. I mean yeah. even, knock them off. Yeah, don't let don't give them a free run. Mm-hmm. You know, we got some pretty physical, good sized corners. Right. Give them, give them a shove. You know, when they're coming off the ball, let, let them know that you're there. And so if we can do that and like I said, not allow the receiver to get a free release, it, it would make a, a, a big difference in that defensive line getting to the quarterback because the, it knocks the timing off the route. It could, if you're allowed to get a free release and stem you and go, and that, that's that's just
2: putting too much pressure on the safeties. So, you think the Irish have an item to uh, win the next games until Clemson and make that game a, really an important showdown? I think so. I, I mean, if they continue in this the fashion that they are,
0: and and you know you see Drew Pine getting better and better, you see the the offensive line getting better and better. We're starting to get a little more production at the receiver position, which you know, you know with uh, Lorenzo and Jaden, that that's going to be a huge difference because again, people are not you can't stack the box when you got two big physical receivers yeah. that can block downfield but also that can create separation in the
2: route, get open, and then you got number 87 that does it all. So you'll be at the post-game show again with with uh, Jim here later on. How do you watch the game? Are you having to be such an analyst? You can't really enjoy the game because you're you're but I enjoy things. watching it
0: that way, though. Okay. I mean,
2: watching the game, I watch it differently
0: because I'm looking for certain matchups. okay. So I don't just see everything. I, I look for, you know, certain, like I said, hey, are we establishing the line of scrimmage? How are we doing? I mean, is, what is the read? Because, like I said, you know, you can see, a, like with the quarterback, you know, get the ball out. You know, that was a thing that I saw with, with um, uh, Tyler. He was late with the throws. Again, the, the ball needs to be out of there. You need to trust your receiver. He's gonna come out of his break. The ball right. needs to be out there, so it's not not late. It's always back here instead of out and here. He, he was <laughs> waiting for the guy to become wide open. Yeah, yeah. I take chances. There's only one person that gets wide open. That's yeah. eighty-seven. Everybody else doesn't do that. So right. you gotta <laughs> have better timing on that. Yeah. And and then watching, like I said, the matchup with the defensive line and the linebackers and how they're like they're attacking. Um, are we? We've got to continue to tackle better. Mm -hmm. You know, that's been something that we've always started slow is tackling and um, getting guys wrapped up and getting them on the ground. So I look for matchups and watch certain aspects of it. You know, I was hanging out with Ryan uh, um, Harris last night, and we were talking about, you know, the importance of sustaining the block. Mm -hmm. I'll get off of the uh, block. I mean, I'll watch the block, and I'm moving on. He st- he stays on the offensive line. It's like, and he noticed something that it, 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 you know, when I look at it, I was like, "Wow, that's true." We're getting, we're blocking better, but we're not sustaining the blocks. So that's that next step for the offensive line is to sustain the block,
1: is not just making the block. I mean, we got, yeah, he's, that's pro analysis.
2: Right? I was gonna say, no wonder he's doing the postgame shows, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: You've you've got <laughs> Chuckles the clown and me, and you got the professional here, so. <laughs> No,
2: well, don't, you know don't, what? don't let Jim fool you. He knows the game. By <laughs> having that 7.8 yards record still Notre Dame, you just set a record today. Joe Theismann had the longest interview of 40 minutes. You've just done 50 minutes. Yeah! yeah!
0: Woo! <laughs> well, hey, if I'm I, if I'm in that guy's company, I feel pretty darn good.
1: <laughs>
2: well, Joe, I appreciate Joe you. Tea. Thank you so much for appearing and helping us out with uh, – it's just that's what a live show is. You never know who's going to show up and not. But I appreciate it, Reggie. My we'll stay in touch. Definitely. I'll see I'll you post game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Legacy Heating & Air game day brought to you by Legacy Heating &
1: Air, a cook family business. Also by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage Company. Michelob Ultra, the superior light beer with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Also by the Orthopedic & Sports Medicine Center, OSMC providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Imperial Furniture in Dawajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Lozier, launch your career at Lozier, apply today at at lifeatlozier.com. Pella Windows, replacing your windows or doors can be intimidating, but Pella makes it easy. And by Hotel Elkhart, welcome to an Elkhart original with hospitality reimagined, your home on game day weekends.
2: Stay right there, we'll be back in two minutes and tell you about the surprises in next week... Hey, a big thank you to Kite Realty for allowing us to have our broadcast here in Eddy Street Commons. And thank you, Matt Embry back in the studio, our engineer Bob Henning and account executive Brian Miller. Next Saturday, make plans to join us from 9 to 11 a.m. as we broadcast for the grand opening of Credit Union 1 in Eddy Street Commons, right behind Trader Joe's. Make your plans to stop by and say hello to Mike Golick Sr. Get autographs, get pictures and T-shirts while they last. For Jim Irizarry, this is Tim Growl. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: This has been Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, only on the home of Notre Dame football. Sports Radio 960 WSBT and WSBTradio.com. Brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Pet Refuge, Centier Bank, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, Michelob Ultra, OSMC, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, and Hotel Elkhart. This is Notre Dame Football, presented by South Bend Orthopedics on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT, South Bend.